This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. It's a tremendous honor for all of us here, I think, in Santa Barbara to be able to welcome to our community the 2011 Nobel Peace Prize laureate, Tawakal Karman. I also want to welcome her husband who's here, Mohammed el Hanni. Thank you for being here. They made a very long journey from Istanbul to be able to be with us this evening, and we're very grateful to both of them. Tonight is the 2017 Hamdani World Harmony Lecture. You'll hear more about that from uh, Professor Roof when he comes to the stage. We also have the great pleasure of being the first University of California campus to be able to host Mrs. Carmen for a presentation, so that's a great honor as well for us. The format for today, for this evening, uh, Mrs. Uh, Carmen will deliver her public lecture, and then we will have a moderated conversation up here on the stage with Professor Roof, and Magda Campo has very graciously agreed to provide any translation assistance that we need. On the way in, in your program, you should have received a blank card in which we encourage you, if you have a question throughout the talk, to be able to write that down. Hopefully, you grab, grab the pencil or you have a pen to write with. If you don't, we have them uh, at the top of the uh, aisles. And then our ushers will come around and collect those, and we will use those for the moderated question and answer period. So it's my great pleasure to uh, introduce and welcome to the lectern Professor Wade Clark Roof, Professor of Religious Studies here at UCSB and the Director of the Walter H. Capps Center for the Study of Ethics, Religion, and Public Life. Thank you very much, Roman. It is indeed a pleasure for the Capps Center to be working with ANL to sponsor this spectacular event this evening. I also want to thank several units at the university who, have, who are co-sponsors, Global Studies, Religious Studies, the Center for Middle East Studies, and the Orphala Center. And special thanks to Jamal and Sayida Hamdani for many years now, who many years now have sponsored the World Harmony Lectures in loving memory of Dr. Sajad and Mrs. Zakira Hamdani. To tell you a bit more about the World Harmony Lectures, we have a short three-minute video. is home to more than 7 billion people. Together we produce more than $75 trillion annually, and yet the richest 1% own more than half of all the wealth. While we spend billions eagerly searching the solar system and beyond for signs of life, here on Earth, more than 8 million people, mostly children, die needlessly every year from hunger. We have decoded the human genome. We can transplant every organ we routinely prevent and cure diseases that have plagued our ancestors throughout history. Yet even with all our advances in medical science, 
the life expectancy gap between rich and poor continues to grow. We have the technology to send a man to the moon and back. We have a science laboratory orbiting the Earth at 50,000 miles per hour. Yet back here on Earth, there are still almost one billion illiterates, two-thirds of whom are women. We talk a lot about peace, and yet we continue to build weapons that can destroy all of mankind many times over. Every year, the world currently spends over $1.7 trillion on the military, but provides only a tiny fraction of that to fund badly needed UN peacekeeping efforts. Despite all our advances, we live in a world filled with disparity, anxiety, and fear. How did we get here? Have we allowed self-interest, corporate growth, and nationalism to drown out compassion and empathy? Can we have true humanity without caring for one another? Is this the kind of world we want for our children? Perhaps we can change our world for the better if we speak a new language and develop a new vocabulary. But we cannot do so by expecting other people to change while not asking the same of ourselves. The path to world harmony goes through each one of us. We need to ask ourselves, do we give to others what we want for ourselves? Do we speak the truth? Do we make decisions based on principle? Are we fair and just in all our thoughts and actions? World Harmony Online's mission is to create this awareness in as many people as possible and to organize a grassroots movement of people that are bound by common decency and a shared love for humanity. But an aware and motivated global citizenry will in itself not ensure world harmony. The world needs innovative ways to deal with its challenges. World Harmony Online's mission is to be a repository and resource for information and innovative solutions for the issues that we face so that we can create a non-violent world with access to education, health, equity, and technology for all. The 2011 Nobel Peace Prize laureate, Tawakal Karman, is the first Yemeni, Yemeni, the first Arab woman, and the second Muslim woman to win a Nobel Prize. A human rights advocate, journalist, and politician, she was dubbed, quote, the woman of the revolution for her key role in the Arab Spring. She was imprisoned numerous times for her efforts, leading her to found, co-found the Women Journalists Without Chains organization that works to extend freedom of expression and democratic rights for women around the world. A spokeswoman for education, social equality, and addressing poverty and oppression, she offers hope for advancing the democratic spirit around the globe. Please welcome Tawakal Carmen.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon all of you. I am so proud to be here in Santa Barbara. I really feel very comfortable and I really feel that I am in my own home with the people and with this great nature. Thank you so much for hosting me. Thank you everybody here. Dear sisters and brothers, with all my happiness that I am here, but also I want to express my sadness and my anger of the crimes that spread everywhere, especially in my region, especially in country like Syria. So I call you to stand up and have a moment of silence for those victims that been killed by the chemical of the criminal Bashar al-Assad, for those victims that more than 500,000 people, they are sacrificing for their, for their freedom, dignity, and democracy. Let's have this silence now. Thank you so much. Dear sisters and brothers, today I stand before you at this defining moment of history when values of coexistence, community, democracy, and human rights under threat. These are values that humanity has launched for, for centuries, until they were codified as right of charters and constitutions in the first half of the past century, following two bloody world wars that claimed the lives of millions of people. Today, racism, hatred, and extreme ethnic conflict are re-emerging among a wave of terrorism that is sweeping the globe. As if the world has forgotten past suffering and its judgment to distinguish between wrong and right. In the Arab region, the picture is much more complicated in the post-Arab Spring era. Counter-revolutions following the Arab Spring are backed with regional and international support to crush the dreams of people for freedom and democracy. Dear sisters and brothers, it's a universal responsibility to uphold people's right to elect, to elect their rulers. It's a universal responsibility to uphold people's 
rights to elect their rulers and hold them accountable to involve the people in the political process as full equal citizenship who have rights and duties embedded in the constitution to build bridges and coalition between different countries, different cultures, different religions, sects, genders, and ethnicities. This is something that concerns humanity. This something concerns humanity as a whole, not only the Arab world. As a famous saying goes, tyranny anywhere is a threat to freedom everywhere. Arab peoples are facing counter-revolution. You should know this, this. That Arab people now is facing an ugly counter-revolution, threatening them with the darker future of dictatorial, dictatorial system. This threatens to destabilize the entire world and push us all back into darkness and violence. This is why understanding the political struggle in the other part of the world, in our countries, is no longer a choice. Six years ago, people of the Arab Spring countries went out peacefully, peacefully, singing peaceful, peaceful, silmiya, silmiya. With their free will, they gathered in public squares, freedom squares and change squares to put an end to seemingly endless despotism, eternal presidents, corruption, and hereditary republics. We, in the Arab Spring, have declared that in this part of the world, there is a resilient aspiration to catch up with modernity, with the principles of democracy, justice, and human rights values. We, in the Arab Spring countries, have declared that the state must transform from being a tool of oppression that kills peoples and their dreams to a home where every citizen has a place. To a home where every citizen has a place. Where every idea has expressed and where every dream can be fulfilled. This is the state that we struggle for and we made our peaceful revolution for. We in the Arab Spring countries have declared that in this region, there are people dreaming to attain great democracy, great democracy, that vanquishes corruption and transmits pow power peacefully. A true democracy, true democracy, 
not a democracy that masks a dictatorship regimes and unchecked power. So please, sisters and brothers, listen, listen carefully that our revolution were not fleeting whims, but rather they are disparate needs which we yearned for years, but were denied and crushed by tyrannies. This cry of, for justice was the response to the decades of injustice, was response to the decade of corruption, to the decade of state failure and repression. So sisters and brothers, today, unfortunately, we are asked to, ma to make false choice between chaos or democracy. This choice is presented by the dictators and the regional and international powers backed them. Under the name of war on terror. Under the banner of war on terror. They seek to revive or to recreate the collapsed dictatorship through coups, militia, and wars. Failing regimes, this is very important to know. And this is my rule to tell you, that the failing regimes always exploit extremism and tourism they have derived international backing by claiming to fight extremists and terrorist group. They claim that Arab Spring has caused Tourism, this is ridiculous. Really, this is ridiculous. On the contrary, the Arab Spring has exposed how dictators use terrorism to tighten their grip over power and crush demands for democracy and human rights. They always threaten the West that the alternative is tourism. Let me make this clear. Terrorism is not part of the Arab Spring or its revolutionaries or its ideas. The Arab Spring aspires for human dignity, for justice, for equality, for civil and political freedoms and the rule of law. The means that we use in the Arab Spring to achieve these goals were peaceful, and people were willing to give the ultimate sacrifices. Therefore, the Arab Spring was, is, and will always against terrorism because of a fundamental clash of values, goals, and ideology. And here, 
a very simple evidence that when we initiated our peaceful struggle and overthrew the heads of the despotic, corrupt, and failing regimes, we inspired our peoples and offered a viable alternative to terrorism narrative. The Arab Spring taught us and taught the people a valuable lesson that with non-violence, the journey to freedom is less bloody and more guaranteed. With non-violence, the journey to freedom is less bloody and more guaranteed. This lesson almost silence terrorism ideologically and practically. And this is what we have witnessed in the first year of the Arab Spring. There was not even a, a single, even a single terrorist attack in 2011 and also in 2012, when the peaceful movement of the people had the, uh, the, the upper hand. It was only, it was only when the crumbling and threatened regime sought to regain power by hijacking the peaceful movement staging military coups against its outcomes, oppressing its people, and confiscating their gains through violent counter-revolution. So allow me to ask you this question. Who is responsible of the terrorism? Don't you see that the terrorism has become more of a brand? Who is fostering and marketing it? Let us ask ourselves this question. And I will give you a simple answer. There is an obvious link between the betrayal of the Arab peaceful spring on the one hand and the expansion of terrorist group on the other. When you establish terrorism, sorry, when you establish despotism, you establish terrorism. When you support Despotism, you support terrorism. Despotism and terrorism feed each other. Foster one another. Look what happened in Syria as an example. Look what happened in Egypt. The world's indifference to the military coup in Egypt and to Bashar's brutal submission to the Syrian revolution have fortified terrorism. The Syrian regime slogan is Al-Assad Al-Balad. 
Al-Assad or we will burn the country. And that is what they did, unfortunately. That is what they did. They slaughtered an entire population to save one man. They burned the country to save one man. Yet the international community was conspicuously silent towards Bashar al-Assad's crimes. This silence has given him, this silence has given Bashar al-Assad the permission to continue his killing the Syrian people. The international community betrayed and conspired against the Syrian peaceful revolution. That is what brought terrorism and violence to the country. Let me remind you here that the Syrian revolution, like all other Arab Spring, Syrian revolution, like all Arab Spring, was totally peaceful. For six months, 100% peaceful revolution until the Bashar al-Assad used the huge violence against them, rained down upon its bullets and brutality. He created a minister called Daesh or ISIS to oppress the Syrian revolution and deprive it from any international cover and support. Now, Munster has turned into an ideology that is spreading around the world and multiplying like a cancer. Western catastrophic failure in Iraq and disastrous invasion have led to the sectarian division and civil war. It left Iraq, Iraqi and vulnerable to sectarian militia and Iranian meddling. This created also the conditions for ISIS or Daesh. In Egypt, a Sisi regime has killed thousands of people, of innocent people, detained, detained and disappeared, tens of thousands of them, simply because they won in a fair election. The same thing in Yemen. An ugly coup led by the counter-revolution by the ousted President Ali Saleh and militia of al-Houthi and backed by Iran. They collapsed Yemen. They occupied Yemen under the eyes of the international community. This occupation opened the door for the Arabic coalition led by Saudi, that was called by the legitimate president to help him on 
facing the militia and the ousted president Ali Saleh, but enter the country to an ugly war. Internal ugly war led by the ousted president Ali Saleh and militia of Al Houthi that has a big support from Iran and the regional regional war that is by the Arabic coalition led by Saudi and by Iran, and with Iran. So tell me now, and all these things, all this chaos, under the silence, and under the eyes of the international community. So tell me, who is in crisis now? Is the people who went to the street demonstrate and made a great sit and peaceful sit and for their freedom, dignity, democracy, equality, rule of law, or the world conscience? So sisters and brothers, please, when you are asked about the roots of the terrorism phenomena in the Middle East, you may, conf you may confidently say, it is because of the oppression and betrayal of the Arab Spring revolutions and the conspiracy against them by coups, by sectarian militia, by counter revolutions. And all of them has some kind of support from the international community. By supporting, it's also, you have to say this very confidently, it's by support, it came by supporting tyrannies and sustaining them with all means and tools of oppression, Daesh has come to life. ISIS come to life because the supporting of the international community to the tyrannies and sustaining them and giving them all the means to return themselves, themselves. So the biggest favors the world could provide to terrorism are protecting despotism, blocking the means of peaceful change, failing to support moderate religious groups, moderate people, and dealing with all as one size fits all. Here, with deep disappointment and rage, we say to all this involves in this sin, you have replaced Arab Spring with ISIS Spring. They have replaced Arab Spring with ISIS Spring. Whether they did it intentionally, intentionally or in, unintentionally. Not only that, they have also replaced the Arab Spring with the Spring of Iran's mullahs who now control Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and swept to the south, to my 
home country, Yemen. So seeing the situation in Egypt, in Iraq, in Yemen, in Syria, in Libya, and maybe the next will be Tunis, I hope not. So all this makes me feel that they want us to be standard, to be stranded, to be stranded between tourism and despotism. They put it, they want to put us with a choice, two choices, terrorism or despotism. But we told them, no, we have third question, choice is freedom. We don't accept any choice between terrorism and despotism. The only choice that we create and we will keep struggle for and we will win on having it is freedom and democracy. So, sister and brother, please remind this. Peace within nation is no, law, is no less urgent today than peace between the nations. Remember this and convey it to all the people that you know, that you work with. Peace within the nations is no less urgent today than peace between the nations. And the people in my country and the people in my region are terrorized today by bloody dictators and by the international and regional powers that back them. And they are abused by terrorist groups that misuse and abuse our faith. Every dictator, dictator, every dictator is a terrorist, and every terrorist is a dictator. Every dictator is a terrorist, and every terrorist is a dictator. And there will no path to the holy peace we aspire for until dictators are swept away from our region until terrorists are deprived from abusing our religion. Again, sisters and brothers, we refuse to choose between dictatorships or chaos and killing, between dictatorship and tourism. There is a third choice we will uphold and fight for freedom and dignity protected and ensured by democratic system. We will struggle for this noble cause and accept any burden that comes. Sisters and brothers, I am here in this great city in Santa Barbara 
under the rule of the President Trump. <laughs> and I should say something. <laughs> Unfortunately, President Trump is trying hard to deepen the impression that Muslims are terrorists. Through his intensive statements, claiming that the only risk threatening the world is the so-called Islamic terror. Whoever brands Muslims with terror is not only lying and ignorant, but he is also directly and indirectly serving the goals of the terrorist. <clears throat> Trump's policies against immigrants and refugees are discriminatory and racial as they are based on identity and religions. These policies violate international human rights charters and covenants. On top of that, your values as American. On top of that, these policies conflict with the civil values that define the United States and the identity of its peoples. Now, now, it's the time to test these values and how American people can survive Trumpism. So all of us, we have a big responsibility, a big duty. All the global activities, intellectuals, politicians, and the media, we all need to recall the inspiring struggle of, past, of our past heroes who fought for human civil rights. We shall continue the march now to challenge terror. The discourse of hate and all other animosity and intolerance. We, know we need to do that now to save humanity from falling in the trap of wars and anarchy. We need to do all the effort that we can. All of us should protect our values. All of us should gather with each other to protect of the, the values of the United States the values of the human beings. We shouldn't let the extremists to lead us. We should lead our nations to the values of peace, love, coexistence, partners, democracy, and rule of law. And while we have this big battle, and while we have this great partnership in combating the extremism, 
the racism, the terrorism, we shall not lose hope and repeat the same zero-sum discourse. We should present our civilized discourse relentlessly because we recognize that, again, despotism and terror are two faces of the same coin, feeding from the same swamp and sustaining each other. We shall combat despotism and terror together. This is our global partnership. We must fulfill it in all its complications in order to combat tyranny, support the forces of change, and dismantle terrorism by opening, by opening the door for peaceful reforms and encouraging moderate groups to popularize a moderate discourse and an ideology of religion reforms. So, those who ally with tyrannies, regardless of the justification, are not jeopardizing values only, rather they undermine their country's strategic interests because tyrannies are the risk to the world, not to their, to their countries only. Risks created by the tyrannies are transboundary. Therefore, combating despotism is not Combating despotism is not only an affair of local people. It is equally an international affair. It's your affair. It's your affair, really. You should know that every, each one here, everyone here, has his own responsibility to help those people to be free from their dictators to be free from injustice, to be free from corruption. And I think any one of you, if he asks himself, what can I do? I think he will have the answer. Rulers will go one day, but people will remain. Rulers will go one day, but people will remain. Reconcile, this is the message for the world, to the world. Reconcile with the people, not the rulers. With the liberators, not the oppressors. This is the only safe way. Those are mere delusion. Dear friends, dear sisters and brothers, I want to confirm that our option for democracy is uncompromised. Where our dream for democratic state equal our own existence. Because of that, we paid our bloods in the streets. Our freedom equals our own existence. This could be perceived as kind of exaggeration by some. Yet, 
Nothing is more valuable than freedom. And freedom is linked to democracy. There is no freedom without democracy, and there is no democracy without freedom. Democracy is a new way to manage the conflict over power and to achieve a coherent and tolerant community. Also to achieve security, peace, and stability. Whereas despotism will, will yeah, only bring extremism and terrorism. I have, as I said every day, I, I said here three times, I have always been saying that despotism and terrorism are two faces of one coin, and each one feed each other, and I will continue that under the word, understand that. So be careful not to fall victim of tyrannies, and don't expect an armed, don't expect, please don't expect an armed militia, or don't expect a coup, or don't expect from a president who kills his people day and night that they will fight terror. Terror is their product, product, and they will preserve and use an excuse for continuing in power. They use it. They use terror just to save their chairs, to serve their wealth, to share, to save their authority. Who, in fact, the terror in the, in the opinion, in the view of the, this tyranny, they are us. The human rights defenders, we are the terror. They said that. Or they create some terrorists to kill us and to kill the people who call for democracy. Finally, dear sisters and brothers, despite all destruction and massacres, and despite betrayal, all people of the world will see the light and democracy, freedom and decent life will be a reality. And the dream will come true one very close day. Yes, people's will will prevail. Thank you so much. I invite Mr. Hamdani to come forward for the presentation of a gift.
Thank you, Mrs. Carman, for this wonderful talk. We talked a little bit about, uh, in our video, about how we can build a better world. I think she's given us some great ideas on how we can do that. Very often people ask me, what can I do to build a better world? Or quite often they ask me, what difference can one person make? Well, here's one person who's made an enormous difference. I also like to quote, uh, I like to talk to them about the difference another person made. And that person spent 27 years in jail. He came out jail. He was oppressed by a bitter dictatorship. He came out of jail. He forgave the people who had imprisoned him for 27 years without a drop of blood being shed it transformed a brutal dictatorship into a democracy. One person can make a difference. His name was Nelson Mandela, as you remember. So I, I want to ask all of you to make that pledge that each one of you can make a difference. Make that pledge so we can build a better world full of harmony. In recognition of the work that Tawakul has done and many other Nobel laureates that we have honored, I'm very honored to present her the 2017 World Harmony Award. It's not as nice as the Nobel Peace Award, like but it. it's given by a very grateful world in the hope that many of you will follow her. Thank you. Please don't leave. Uh, we're going to have questions and answers, definitely questions. Um, so if you have cards, please write your question down, pass them down to the end of the aisle. Uh, several people will be picking them up, and we will carry forward with that part of the program. Thank you. We have Magda here, Magda Campo, in case we need a translator. So uh, welcome, Magda. So I asked the questions. If I will not clear, answer. She's supposed to answer. <laughs> if it's not clear what the question is or whatever, she's going to clarify the question. So we shall, we shall proceed. If I can read your right, your right. If you have the opportunity to meet President Trump, <laughs> what would you like to tell and ask him? Okay, I will tell him the same thing that I said. What 
and sorry for my English, by the way, but I will tell him what you've done will increase violence and terrorism. Don't link between Islam and terror. You should link between tyrannies and terrorism. And stop American policy on supporting dictatorship. Stop that now. If you want to stop terrorism, if you want even to stop immigration, be with the people. This is your message and this is your role as American. So I hope he will listen. <laughs> what can students do on a high school slash college level to help your cause? To? To help your uh, cause. Be strong. And uh, don't forget your values. You are the generation that will protect the world better than we are doing now. Yes, I don't prefer and I don't, I, really I dream that I fulfill, I have the victory now, so I don't want the second generation to suffer like what I, I suffer, but also don't let anyone to steal your values and to steal the benefit of globalization from you. You are the creator of the future, my son, my daughter. Don't let those thieves of the future to steal you. Be strong, be in the front line, be involved in everything, especially in the political life, in business life, be leader. World needs you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.